You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. So this has been a busy week for us as a church. There's been a lot going on. We had um, our first funeral for a child this Friday. Zadok passed away and, uh, last week as, as I taught on last Sunday. And we had the life course on Wednesday night. And we had the funeral on Friday. And um, we have church today. We had time for healing on Friday with more worship. So a lot's been going on. And um, so after the, the funeral uh, and the celebration for Zadok, on, on Friday I thought, man, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to chill, right? I'm going to relax. Laura's out of town. So I got all the kids. I can, if I can just make it to Friday evening, it's going to be okay. And um, I'll be okay. And uh, so I kind of kicked into pastor mode. Um, for the week, and was head down, purposeful and intentional, and Grace asked me, hey, Dad, can we go to a movie? And I'm like, yeah, what movie do you want to see? Kids movie. That would be awesome. Nothing like too emotional, nothing too powerful, nothing too, you know, just something empty and fun, right? And so, Dolphin Tale 2, I mean, come on. <laughs> Doesn't get any, like, more, like, empty and fun and just light than Dolphin Tale, Right? And so I decided to go to Dolphin Tail and, uh, with, 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 with Grace on a little dad date, and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, we have our popcorn, and we're sitting there, and we're watching Dolphin Tail, too. I mean, if I can preach on Miley Cyrus's movie, I can preach on Dolphin Tail, all right? So give me some, just give me some space here. And we're watching Dolphin Tail, too, and there's this Dolphin Mandy, all right, that they rescue, that's speech, that's helpless. They rescue it. They bring it in, they rehab it, and then it's time for the dolphin to, to set the dolphin free. And, um, and there's, there's a very deep storyline. There's a very deep storyline here. I can't get into it. I don't want to ruin all the movie for you. But, but needless to say, they, they uh, prepare to release Mandy. And Mandy, they release Mandy out into the ocean, and Mandy's swimming into the ocean. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just start bawling. I'm like, what's going on? It's Dolphin Tail 2. And I'm just, that literally, in my mind, what I'm seeing literally is Zadok running into freedom in Jesus' arms. Him experiencing the life that he's been created for. And that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's cheering in the, in the auditorium. And I'm like bawling in the back, right? And then... And then Mandy gets reunited with her like dolphin pod. Coincidentally, I'm just telling you, it was powerful. And, and she gets reintroduced. And I just think of the day when Stephanie and the day when Zadok will be together in freedom, complete as God created them to be. I'm just like booing. And Grace, poor Grace, <laughs> is sitting next to me. And I'm just like trying to hold it together, not embarrass her. It's, it was just so powerful, powerful movie. And, uh, and I was a little vulnerable at the time. Laura was gone. I got no one to vent to. I was by myself. I've been doing homework for hours and hours with all the kids. I relearned Algebra 2 math. I mean, I was like at the end of my rope. And Mandy just pulled me over the edge. And... Uh, and, and, and this is what is amazing about God and how good God is, 
is that uh, in the midst of this movie, they're, and they're talking about the, the, the values that this Marine Institute was, was, was founded on, are, uh, are all the values that God has come to restore in us. And, and, and the decision to let Mandy go was based on their three values that they started, which, which was three R's. You know, we, we, we rescue, we rehab, and then we release. And there was this tension in the movie that they, they'd come to love this dolphin, and they didn't want to release her because it would jeopardize the life of another dolphin. But they knew that they had to release this dolphin into freedom. They had to set it free because that's what it was designed for. And the whole time I'm thinking, that's our job as a church. That's what Jesus has done for me. It's amazing. He's rescued me. This is what we talk about as a church all the time, don't we? We're meant to rescue everybody. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his only son to rescue us, to come and get us. That while we were still sinners, beached on the sandbar like Mandy, unable to get off. Not because the time was going to come, but she was disoriented because of lung disease, had antibiotic issues. She's stuck there. In the same way, we're like Mandy on the sandbar. And while we were still stuck in our sin, while we were away, what happens? God sends a rescue team, but it's his son, Jesus Christ, and he rescues us, right? Powerful. I'm telling you, this movie, Dolphin Tale 2. And then... We rehab people, and this is what we're so good at, isn't it? I mean, as a church, we feel like our values are to, to, we don't shoot our wounded, right? Like a lot of places, we don't shoot our wounded, we care for the broken, we care for the lost, we acknowledge that we're all broken, we're all wounded, we all are jacked up, we all have fallen short of the glory of God, that we're rescued by grace, but we're restored by grace, we're rehabbed. God rehabs us here. And that's what our prayer ministers do. That's what inner healing does. That's what Martha's ministry is all about. That's what a time to heal on Friday was about. That's why we do prayer ministry training. That's why we have ministry down here. So everyone involved in those ministries are like the rehabbers of the church. The rescuers are like our evangelists, right? The light, I mean, that's what that's about. And then we have the releasing thing, which we just love. We love the whole releasing thing. As people are healed up, what do we say? If you sit too long, you'll sour. And then we release you into your gifting, right? As you experience more and more of God's freedom, more and more of his healing, you become more and more like him. Your heart desires to worship him more and more and your actions. And what happens? We re- you're released into freedom to be who God's created you to be, right? I mean, Come on, that is like, that's what the church is for, that's what God's all about, and that's what the Dolphin Tale 2 is all about. And so, I'm wondering, like, what, and and I could end the sermon right here, I could, because that's just a good message, like tied in Dolphin Tale 2, Antley being all vulnerable about crying, I mean, it's got all the I mean, I could tie a bow on it right now, but that's not where it ends. That's not where it ends. Because I'm asking myself, what is going on in my heart? Like, where is this pain coming from when it comes to this idea? I love these principles. I'm about these principles. And I'm, I'm asking, asking God, like, what's happening here that's causing me? I can't, and I'm in the movie, I can't stop crying. I mean, and they're moved on. I mean, Manny's gone free. Winter's matched up with some, and I'm still like in the middle of, and, and I'm just asking God, like, what is going on here? And then all of a sudden, he says, and when I say he says, 
the senses in my heart I hear. He says, Anthony, releasing people into freedom is painful. And I thought, releasing people into freedom is painful. No, it's not. I love releasing people into freedom. I love talking about people, empowering people, discovering their gifts, and then starting ministries and you know, supporting those ministries, just like we talked about with Kristen Keene and what she's doing. And then he says this to me, and this is getting at the heart of my issue, what he was trying to deal with me. He says, but Antley, what about the people you release into other churches that leave RCC? What about the people you release into other ministries? What about the staff that you release into other jobs? What about the people I bring into RCC and I release them back into my son's arms, Jesus Christ, before you think they should go? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God just reveals to me, he's asking me, Antley, are you willing to release, let go of your dreams, let go of your control, let go of your power, let go, are you willing to let go and let me be your God. Will you trust me? Will you trust me with these people? Will you trust me with your plans? Will you trust me? And it just was overwhelming. And I started to think of my friends, my good friends who have moved away for good reasons, are involved in other ministries now, and the pain that's associated with that. And, and good friends that have been on staff with me that we've invested in, our hearts have connected, and, we've, and now are doing other ministries and other jobs. And the pain that's associated with that. And, and when we're called to let go of children that, you know, into the arms of Jesus before that we've invested in them, their families and we prayed for them, we prayed for them, we prayed for them. He says, Antley, are you willing, are you going to, will you release those things to me? Will you trust me with those things? And he's showing me that the more you love, the more you invest, the more you connect with people, the more you risk, the greater you love, the greater the pain when God calls those people on. And he will because he's building his kingdom. There's a story of Jenny, of Jenny Peters, who this happened, I, mean, I didn't even remember this until last night. And this is all happening the last two nights, the Lord's away. So it's like, I got no sympathy, it's just me and Jesus. I'm like I'm crying all over the house, right? It's so embarrassing, right? And, uh, and, 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 and the Lord reminds me of the story about Jenny Peters, who is the church, the wife of John Peters, who planted these churches who planted us who was about starting us we're on vacation with her one time we're on a trip with her one time a number of us and um and she's having these symptoms of numbness on half of her body and her face is sagging and she's having all of these these physical symptoms right and uh and they can't diagnose it they don't know what's going on and so we said well we're just gonna pray and so we're praying for healing we're praying for healing we're praying for healing and then all of a sudden, someone in the group has this word for her. They say, I see a picture of you. You're like a mother whose children have all gone away, who you've raised up, and, 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 they, and now these children have all gone away. And I think it's symbolic of the, the people that you guys have ministered to and have left now to plant, and start, plant other churches and start ministry. And she just began to weep and the sadness of all of these emotional connections that she met, yeah, it was with you, met her heart with, that her heart connected to, and that were gone now. And she just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and was totally healed of the physical symptoms. Totally healed. Never had another one. 
They were gone. But what was happening is that her body was feeling the weight of what her heart was expressing, and God needed to bring her into freedom and to heal her of that and to, and to have, help her let that go, to trust him in a new way. Because when we get close to people, I mean, this is what's so scary about city groups starting a little bit, isn't it? This is why some of us won't do city groups, because it requires an investment, requires us to trust people with our hearts, requires to trust people with our lives, requires time, it requires sacrifice. And with all of those things, when somebody leaves your group, or someone's child gets sick, or someone loses a job, all of a sudden, your heart will ache. Your heart will feel the pain of that disconnect and loss. And so I'm driving home, right? And this is cycling through my mind. And Grace starts playing like Chase Setlist, who's my son who I've just lost to college. You know, and I told you about that a few weeks ago. And I'm going through the process of mourning these people right now, grieving these losses. I mean, it's powerful, incredibly healing for me. And then, uh, and, she, and, and, then, and then Head and Heart song comes on, Rivers and Roads. Your family moves away. Your friends will go to a better place, literally. And I'm like driving like, you know. And Grace, I think Grace kind of picked up on it and starts playing all these sad songs. <laughs> and I could end the sermon right here, couldn't I? I mean, I should end the sermon right here. But I can't because I get home and there's still more for me. God wasn't done. And this is the message of today that will lead us to this table of sacrifice. And I get home and rattling around in my head is this word release again. Just this notion of release. And like that, the spirit speaks to me. Again, I don't mean like I saw lettering anywhere, but he just, in my heart, reminds me of this Bible verse. And I go to it and it said, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and released his spirit to the Father. I release I give, I yield my spirit to you, Father. And this is where, this is where God really got me, as if he already hadn't. He says, and thank the Lord, Grace was in bed by now. He says to me, Antley, Jesus released everything so that I could have you. Jesus released everything so that I could have you. It says, and Jesus, having cried out with a loud voice, he yielded up, he voluntarily released his spirit with a loud voice. Jesus' life did not ebb away. Jesus' life was not taken from him. Jesus did not slowly die in the end. In the end, it says that he cried out with a loud voice and then he gave it all. He gave his life. He released his life. He yielded his life willingly, gave it all away so that he could have us so that he could have Antley, so that he could have you. What was it that he gave away? I mean, what's so, it's just a life, right? No. And John 10, 30 says, I and the Father in one. If the pain that I was feeling driving home, think about the, rela the relationships with these people, the staff and my friends. I'm feeling this pain, right? Because of the intimacy and the love I have with him. Imagine the love that Jesus had with the Father. It says that he and the Father were one in every way. In every way, they were one. They were united. They were intimate. They knew each other. They loved each other. They had a bond. He said, 
And when he died on the cross, he let go of that. He lost that. It was gone. Imagine his pain. Imagine his separation. Imagine his grief in knowing that he was letting go of that, that he was losing that. My father, my father, why have you turned from me? Were his words. But it also says in Daniel, this is the kind of power, the dominion, the control that he let go of his life. And to him was given dominion and glory and the kingdom that all peoples and nations and language would serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom. It's one that will have no end and will not be destroyed. He lets that go. He lets it go of his dominion. He lets it go of his power. He lets it go of his authority. He lets go of everything so that he could have us. You know, it says in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is what it says. He goes up to the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, my soul, he's saying this to his father. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here with me. He's talking to the disciples right there. Sorry, not his father. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed this. My father, if it be possible, let this, pass cup, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as, but as you will. So he goes back, finds the disciples sleeping. And he says, stay awake. And he goes back and he prays the same prayer again. Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, would you take this from me? And he goes back, finds himself, and he comes back a third time. And he says, Father, if there's any other way. And what theologians say that he was experiencing in that moment, so when he sweat blood, drops of blood, is that he saw the separation that was going to occur between him and the Father. He saw the pain that he was going to go through physically and emotionally and spiritually. That he had a glimpse. He looked into the depths of our sin and our brokenness. And he willingly released his will to the father released it in the midst of having seen having experienced having felt having felt all of that he released it so that he could have us and god was showing me just a, such a small shadow that night of the pain that jesus went through in my grieving my grieving the loss of the people that weren't healed. My grieving the loss of the friends that have moved on. My grieving the loss of the staff that have left. My grieving the loss of the people that have gone to other churches. Just a small glimpse I felt. A small glimpse. A shadow of the deep grief that Jesus felt in the separation with his father that day that he died for us. You know, the last value of the Dolphin Tail movie, the Marine Institute, is Inspire. And they added it. And I thought about that when I was writing this talk, and I felt like the Lord said, I just feel like he impressed on my heart. When we understand the depth of the loss that Christ experienced, it was for us. It would inspire us. It should inspire us to be willing to walk and to be broken and to grieve and to love people the way that we have been loved. Jesus released it all so we could have everything. He rescued us from sin and death. He's completed and will complete one day our broken lives when we are with him. He wants to release us into heaven, release us into freedom, total freedom one day. And this is what empowers us to do it for other people. 
This is what should lead us to inspire, inspire us to sacrifice our lives for the king, to release our, value, our values, visions, and goals for his. You know, and, and, and I just thought, how many times have I told God or told people, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. That's what Jesus was doing in the Garden of Simeon. I promise, I promise, I promise, your will, your will, your will. But he still had to go to the cross, didn't he? He still died. Are we willing to die? Are we willing to release our dreams? Are we willing to release our desires? Are we willing to release all the things that we want and think that we're entitled to for God's? To serve God. To trust God. To worship God. As we come to the table today, these are the things that we remember. These are the things that we celebrate about Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. When we look to the cross, we see a king who became a servant. When we look to the cross, we see a a perfect life that was given for imperfect life, don't we? And we see a sinless person sacrificed and crushed for the guilty so that we could have life to the full, so that we could know the experience that, that he has for us the love that he has for us. The night that he was betrayed, he was with his friends. That One of the gospels that says he sat with them knowing that they would betray him that night, knowing that they would fall asleep on him that night, knowing that they would scatter that night. And he sat down with him anyway. And he took a piece of bread. It was bigger than this. And he broke it. And he said, this is my body that's broken for you. When you eat this, remember that my body has been broken for yours so that your life would be made whole. And he took a cup. And he says, when you drink this, when you get together and you drink this, remember that it's been my blood. Remember it's my blood that's been poured out for your sins. There's nothing you can do to add to it. There's nothing you can do to take away from it. It's complete. It is finished. I'm the final sacrifice. And at the table that night, I'm sure that it would have felt like a gift, a blessing. It was foreshadowed, the blessing and the gift that Jesus gave us on the cross and being sacrificed for us. You know, what I was thinking about this weekend. It's God's graciousness with me. I was overwhelmed. I mean, he, took, he took Laura away so I couldn't go to her. I was exhausted emotionally, physically, and spiritually for the week. And he had me just in this place. And if there, was, if there was one thing, one thing that he showed me was the depth, the depth of his love for me. I just grew so much in my understanding and my experience of his love for me and what he released so that I could have everything. You know, and at this table... It's a mystery to what happens. We don't know what happens. But I just, I had, this, I had this thought as we are taking communion today and we're remembering Jesus Christ is that the revelation of his love for you would be revealed. His revelation of what he let go for you would be realized. That you are so precious to him. That you are so loved by him. That he cares for you so much that he was willing to let go of eternity perfect relationship with the Father so that he could have you. Father, we pray that you would come now and bless these elements 
Again, we don't understand all the mysteries of what happened at the cross, and we're thankful for your spirit revealing to us greater mysteries of your love for us. We pray, Lord, as we come together as a family today, emotionally, spiritually, and physically exhausted, that you would take this opportunity to reveal the love that you have for us. When we would eat the bread and drink the wine, that we would remember the sacrifice that was a sacrifice of love for us, that you love us. And when we have this meal together, that you want more than anything for us to know the love that you have for us. Just come, Holy Spirit, right now. Come, Lord, right now. We pray for this time to be powerful, that we would realize the sacrifice, the release, so that we could have life and love with you and the Father and the Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. The way we do communion, the service could come forward, that'd be great. They'll give you a piece of bread and they'll say, this is the body of Christ that's given to you. There'll be gluten-free bread for all the hipsters and people that are gluten-free right over here. And, and this is non-alcoholic wine. All the wine's not, this is actually grape juice. Y'all, y'all go sit right there, right there. That's grape juice. All the other wines, non-alcoholic, all the bread has lots of gluten. And so we just ask that you come and find, pray that the Spirit would lead you to a place to receive this blessing, to receive the sacrifice, to receive this offering. And everyone is welcome to receive this, whether you're a member of our church or not, as long as you follow Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus, this might be a great opportunity to begin that journey. So come as you feel led. If you have children that you're not comfortable receiving the Lord's Supper at this point, I'd love to pray for them. I'll just be over here. We'll respond in worship and then go into prayer ministry.